source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello everyone and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 59. I'm your host Dustin and today we have with us... This is Nick. And this is Zach. We are bringing you the latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news from the past two weeks. We will be debuting a brand new segment within this podcast, which we'll talk about a little later. And we also have our spotlight character, which will be Manbat, And our feature, we will be talking about the TV series The Batman, and how it pos- the positive effects of that show could affect possible TV shows that are based on Batman in the future. So with that, let's get into movie news. Alright, so the very first thing, and really the only thing we have for movie news, on October 27th, the LA Times Hero Complex had an interview with Chris Nolan about all things related to Batman 3. In the interview, Nolan names the sequel to The Dark Knight. Among that announcement, he also stated that uh, the villain will not be the Riddler, and he also stated that the movie will not be in 3D and will focus more on IMAX. Now, the name of Batman 3, and now we can no longer say Batman 3 because we have a name. It's called The Dark Knight Rises. Well, I think it's uh, an interesting title. I've actually recently done a blog post on the website about uh, this particular title and what I think the details are about it. But um, I think it's interesting that they've continued or they've decided to keep The Dark Knight in the title simply, I think, to ensure that general audience goers realize that this is the sequel to that film with Heath Ledger a couple of years ago. Um, I think it's an interesting title. It clearly indicates that Batman's going to rise up for a particular challenge. He's obviously not uh, doing too well amongst public opinion in Gotham at the moment. And I think it's, um, it's an interesting title for the final chapter for Chris Nolan. Personally, I'm not sure if I like it yet or not. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I certainly know it's had a bit of... Uh, a divide amongst the fans. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not sure about it myself, um, but maybe it will grow on me. I don't know, and maybe it'll make perfect sense once I've seen the film. But um, as Dustin says, at least we now have a title, which is which is much nicer. Yeah, I agree with Nick. I think it's it's really to make sure everyone knows that this is this is part of you know a sequel to The Dark Knight, and I'm I'm okay with the title. Uh, I think. I like it for that reason that it it does kind of it it keeps his this his trilogy I guess in a sense. Um, as far as his news that the Riddler will not be in this film, um, I'm I'm relieved, but I still think it would have been interesting to see his his interpretation on that. But there's there's obvious reasons why the Riddler Riddler the Riddler the Riddler wouldn't work. Um, and I'm glad that we're not shooting this in 3D. 
I, too, am glad they're not shooting in 3D. My thoughts of 3D anything is... Well, let's just say this is a family-friendly podcast, and I can't really discuss it. But, with that being said, uh, I do like the idea of Riddler not being in it, because it kind of throws a curveball into it, since everybody was expecting the Riddler. And it just means that Chris Nolan is going to take a character that is not as expected... And do something pretty, we would assume, pretty amazing with the characters. I just wanted to mention about the Riddler, actually, that just when I thought I'd started to figure out what Chris Nolan was up to, he completely surprised me. Um, I think he surprised a lot of people, because it really seemed like the Riddler was in the film. That was one of the main new characters we could count on being there. Um, And good old Chris Nolan, he surprised me. He's um, made me even more interested in this uh, sequel just for the fact now that I'm quite excited about who this mysterious villain's going to be um, so yeah I'm I'm pretty happy about that I would have really liked to have seen the Riddler to be honest I think it could have worked really well so in one way I'm disappointed but in another way I'm quite excited and on the 3D IMAX thing I've not been very impressed with many live action 3D films I found the animated films to be pretty good but certainly none of the live action ones and the IMAX experience is definitely, for me, a lot better than 3D. So I'm quite happy that's the route that they're going down. And I hope they don't change their mind later on down the road. I think at this point, I don't think it, I don't think that'll happen, mostly because Warner Brothers is, is too... They're, they're relying too heavily on Chris Nolan for future projects to screw him over and say, no, this has got to be 3D. I think it's going to piss him off, and they don't want to piss somebody like him off. Yeah, I think so. It's just that they ha- did they do Clash of the Titans, Warner Brothers. Yes. Yeah, I mean they've they've done it before, but I I, un- I understand what you're coming from there. With uh, Chris Nolan is an important guy, and uh, to be honest, it's his film. So I think if he thinks it serves the story best not to be in 3D, then do what he thinks. And personally, as I said, not really had many great experiences with 3D yet. Yeah, I think 3D. The the problem I have with it is that it it it, it changes it from a movie and it turns it into more of like a a three theatrical roller coaster and that worked for things like avatar and it works for the animated films but i think when you're dealing with especially a character like batman i don't think 3d is a is a necessary uh tool for for a chris nolan film at least all right so with that let's move into the only other thing of movie news we have which was October 27th, uh, Hans Zimmer teamed up with uh, James Newton Howard for the past Batman films to create award-winning scores. Hans Zimmer recently talked with Popcorn Biz and talked about what that could be possibly occurring with Dark Knight Rises, and he stated he was going to come over, uh, he said that Chris Nolan was going to come over next week, we are starting early, I know he's puttering around with ideas, and we sort of sneak up on things. So, as we know, things are starting to get underway, and we'll start to hear a ton more Dark Knight Rises news as the time goes on. I think we take it for granted, but um, I'm very happy that these films are, have got a lot of continuity, mostly with the people you know behind the camera. Uh, Hans Zimmer, I think, at the moment, is the best uh, score composer in the industry, and I think the last two... Uh, soundtracks for the films have been brilliant, really good. Um, and so I, I hope he can bring what he's worked on in the past two films into the third one and add something a bit new, and very happy he's still on board. 
it really will add and ensure you got the feel from the previous two films in the new one, I think. Well, easy now, cowboy. Ennio Morricone is still alive. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) John Williams, too. (sighs) But, um, yeah, I, I think... Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard, they bring a, a whole other dimension to these films, and I'm I'm glad that they're coming back. I never thought that they wouldn't, but I'm just glad that we've we're already aware of this. All right. So with that being said, let's move into TV news. So as far as TV news, let's go through the episodes that have aired of Batman Brave and the Bold over the month of October. On October 1st, we had Requiem for a Scarlet Speedster, which featured in the teaser Batman and the Outsiders trying to thwart Cobra. The main plot consisted of Barry Allen working with Batman to go against uh, Gorilla Grodd, Captain Boomerang, and the Mirror Master along with Heatwave, Weather Wizard, and Captain Cold. Kid Flash is also present in the show, along with Professor Zoom. Um, On October 8th, we had The Last Patrol. Teaser featured Batgirl teaming with Batman against Killer Moth and the Penguin. The uh, main plot features the Doom Patrol going against a group of villains consisting of General Zal, Brain, Monsoor Mala, Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man, Arsenal, and Mutant Master. On October 15th, we had Menace of the Mad Nicks, which in the teaser, Batman teams up with Haunted Tank to take out Ma Murderer and her gang. In the main story, Booster Gold and Ted Cord team with Batman to take out Mad Nicks. And October 22nd, we had the Emperor Joker episode. In the teaser, we had Batman Robin battling Firefly and the Rainbow Monster. Uh, in the main story, Batman teams with Batmite. And goes against the Ten-Eyed Man, Joker, and Harley Quinn. And the last episode we had for the month was the Crisscross Conspiracy. And the teaser featured Batman the Atom going up against the Bug-Eyed Bandit with Aquaman coming in at the end. And the main plot featured Batwoman as the actual main villain, surprisingly enough, with the Riddler going against Batman, Nightwing, and Batgirl. So, those were the episodes that aired... Some of these episodes you can see some previews on the website for. Warner Brothers has, uh, hasn't been sending as many previews out for the episodes as they did before, but nonetheless, uh, there are some out there. I must admit, I haven't really been keeping up with uh, Brave and the Bold quite so well at the moment, but I am really looking forward to the Emperor Joker episode. Heard very good things coming out of Comic-Con when they saw that. Um, so I'm definitely going to watch that one at some point soon, but... Uh, yeah, I need to try and catch up with these episodes, but they're coming thick and fast at the moment. All right, so the first bit of news we actually have comes from October 9th. At New York Comic Con, there was a Young Justice panel. We're going to be starting to talk about this series a little bit more often because of all the things that are happening with this series. So during the, the uh, panel, there were two clips shown. The first clip was a sizzle reel showcasing a number of different elements from the show. It starts in Gotham on July 4th, and we see Mr. Freeze attacking civilians in a park only to be thwarted by Batman and Robin. The Hall of Justice is shown with all the sidekicks and their mentors. The second clip that was shown was mainly a scene that shows an explosion at Cadmus Labs, and then many of the Justice League 
discovering Superboy. Um, there was a question and answer session as well as they were just naming off some different things and some of the highlights that they mentioned was that the show is set on Earth-16 which is a more grounded realistic approach to the normal DC universe we know. Uh, there will be a comic book that will tie directly into the series and continuity. Robin is the youngest member, but the most experienced. It has been four years since his parents were murdered and he joined Batman. Batman hands out the missions to the team while Black Canary trains them. Robin will be Dick Grayson and his identity is secret to everyone but Kid Flash. There will be over 150 characters from the DC Universe that show up in the first 18 episodes. There are no embargoes from the studio on any characters. There were four at first that could not be used, but that ban has been lifted. Characters will age throughout the show. The hope is for a lot of marketing opportunities with merchandise. And finally, the show will premiere in November on Cartoon Network in a one-hour pilot, then start airing regularly in January. So, obviously, we'll be covering the show at great length due to the heavy Batman universe influence on the show. Yeah, after um, having braven the bowl for the last couple of years, I'm very much looking forward to this different style of show. Um, obviously, we don't know how much Batman's going to be involved, but it looks like we're going to have plenty of Robin at least. And um, I've been watching quite a lot of the uh, old Justice League show in the last couple of months, and um, that's got me quite excited for this one as well, actually. So I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see how this turns out, and uh, hopefully it will be a pretty impressive show. Yeah, well, after after watching the clips, and I was a little sus- suspicious about how good this was going to be, but I watched the clips, and this this looks really intriguing, and I I'm I'm extremely intrigued by by this show. I, again, you know, even with Batman, even if he only has a minor role, I, I think the role that they've given him is 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 an interesting one, and Robin will be. A big part of this show, I, I just, I just, it just looks very promising, and which is, an, which is something we haven't seen recently. I think in in the animated universe of things, at least for television. I think the show looks great. I'm actually looking forward to this show more so than anything else that we've we've been covering over the last couple of years. I think, I mean, when Batman: Breaking the Bold was announced, and we first heard all the f- the first things about the show. There, it was like not, we couldn't do anything but bash that show, and for the most part, the show has exceeded our initial expectations. But for the most part, it still is not something that we really, really enjoy. I think that can be said for all of us. It's something that we can enjoy to the point where it has Batman. They can tell some good stories sometimes. But it's not the Batman that we, as Batman fans, really would want. Really want. It's meant for kids, and it's great for kids. But it's not great for the Batman fans of our age group. So with that, I think Young Justice is going to take the DC universe back up to a more mature level. I think there's going to be, even though it's dealing with a bunch of kids in their early teens, possibly younger, with Robin, for instance. I still think this is going to be a unique unique way of getting the DC Universe to that core, you know, teenage boy group to further continue on the 
the knowledge of the DC Universe. I think it'll be really interesting. And the fact that they're going to have a comic book that ties in and plays in with what exactly is going on in the show, I think is actually a really cool addition. And I think shows should have done that from the very beginning because you can only show so much in a show. And the whole idea of having a comic book with the same name as the show is by expanding that universe. What better way than to have it being in the exact same continuity? All right, so with that being said, we only have one other thing of TV news. On October 16th, Warner Brothers passed information to us that the live-action Legends of the Superheroes will be coming to DVD on October 19th. It will only be available through WBShop.com. As far as this show, if you don't know what this is, this was a made-for-TV live-action two-part series that had Burt Ward reprising his role as Robin, Adam West reprising his role as Batman, a number of other DC superheroes going against a number of DC villains, and for the most part, this uh, it's a quite interesting show, uh, very campy, very campy, and if you like the 60s show, you'll probably love this. Um, I don't have anything against the show, honestly... I, I reviewed this on the website, and I have to say, I did give it 4 out of 5 batterings. Uh, not so much for the content. It's enjoyable. It's fun to watch. It's I'm, I'm glad it's not more than just two episodes, because it does get a little annoying at times. The thing that I liked about this show is the fact that it's some obscure thing that Warner Brothers has decided, you know what, let's release this for the fans. And I, I'm glad that they did that. Yeah, if you've ever thought of what would happen if you cross the 60s show with a sitcom, this is what you get. Um, it's quite a hilarious show. It's incredibly... It's just it's just something you would never believe was made until you've seen it, and you think, what were they thinking when they made this? Um, but it's it's very good fun. It's very silly. If you're in the right frame of mind... It's a very good laugh, I think, and uh, everyone should have a look at this show because I wasn't too aware of it until uh, until recently, but um, really made me laugh. So if you fancy fancy something uh, to make you smile, this is a pretty good one to go with. Yeah, I'm 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 glad that they're releasing this. I have actually only seen clips of this show, and uh, what I have seen, uh, <laughs> I've become extremely interested in this. Um, I just think it's great that that it's out, and you know, if you're open-minded and if you can, you know, you can you can enjoy this to some extent. Um, or if you're like me, you could probably enjoy this extremely, no matter how bad it is. But uh, I would I would definitely suggest checking this out because I will be. All right. So with that being said, let's move into merchandise news. For heroes, be seated. Good evening. On behalf of uh, superheroes everywhere, oh, and superheroines, or super persons if you prefer, <laughs> I bid you welcome. Tonight we're going to relax and enjoy ourselves, and to take charge of the festivities is a man who's famous for relaxing and enjoying himself. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Ed McMahon. <laughs> We only have a couple things to go over. Uh, the very first thing is on October 20th, Hot Toys announced that they're going to be having some new figures coming out around Christmas time. And the new figures will be a Scarecrow and the Demon Batman from Batman Begins. 
these characters will be released just like the other Movie Master figures that were released in the past, and we can see these sometime around Christmas time. I think it's cool that they're releasing the the Demon Batman figure. Um, that was actually always one of my favorite bits from the Batman Begins film, so that, that's kind of cool that they're doing that. Alright, so that's all the merchandise news we have. Let's move into video game news. Taste of your own medicine, Doctor. What have you been doing here? Who are you working for? Ross. Ross, how come? isn't here right now but if you'd like to make an appointment uh, the very first thing we have is on October 4th uh, DC Universe Online has been delayed an announcement came from Sony Online Entertainment that they have decided to postpone the release date of the game until early 2011 now as you know this game has been in the works for over five years now. Uh, we first found out about this game way old back in 2005 and as soon as we cross uh, into 2011 it, it's going to be roughly six years since they announced this game was being made. So um, as of right now there is no set release date. It is still obviously going to come out. Six years worth of work is not going to just disappear but uh, this game is not coming out in November like we thought. I was really disappointed about this because um, I've been looking forward to this game and I think it's got a lot of potential to be a really, really good fun game. Um, was I surprised it got delayed even more? No, not really. Um, it seems to be constantly getting delayed and it's a real shame. Um, but uh, I hope they just do it as quick as they can. But when they say something like early 2011, they could probably stretch that out till March, April time. Um, but God knows when we're going to see this game, but uh, hopefully it's sometime soon because I'm really looking forward to playing it, and um, I'm just gutted it's been delayed even more. Yeah, I'm not surprised that this is delayed at all, and I'm I'm looking forward to it, and, and the one thing I would say is that six years of development, this game better be really good um, because if it isn't, then that would that would really suck. But uh, I think if they don't think I like the fact that they are delaying it because they don't think that it's you know up to it's not up to their standard yet. So you know that means that you know obviously with along with the six years you know they really want to make sure that this is as good as it possibly can be, which is important. All right. So, with the announcement that the game was delayed, on October 9th, Sony released a new trailer for the game, just in time for New York Comic Con. Uh, you can watch the trailer on the website, and the trailer features a number of Batman Universe characters, including Batman, Batwoman, Catwoman, Harley Quinn, Joker, and Scarecrow. So you can take a look at that. Alright, the next thing we have is, on October 12th, Warner Brothers sent over a number of new images for Batman Arkham City. Uh, the first two were concept art for the game, and the other ones was there was a character render 
of Harley Quinn along with a bunch of screenshots. Now, these screenshots were previously leaked prior to this announcement from Warner Brothers, but um, as of right now, these were officially released by Warner Brothers, so we can assume that they obviously are part of the game. Now, the game is set for a fall 2011 release, and you can be sure that we'll be covering all of the news leading up to this game until then. The concept art looks really impressive, um, and I also think the screenshots make Gotham look fantastic. Um, it'd be great to actually get out and about in Gotham and you know do your stuff in Gotham. And uh, you know it looks consistent with the last game. Looks like it's going to be really good fun. Um, it's a shame that these video games are so far away, uh, DCUO and Arkham City. But um, 2011 looks like it could be a really great video game year for Batman. Yeah, I think the concept art was really, really good, and and the it is it it has it it is maintaining that consistent style with Arkham Asylum. Um, I'm I'm very excited about this, but unfortunately, like Nick says, it's it's still quite a ways away. So it's one of the bummers about seeing these images now. All right, so our next thing is on October 25th, our site partner ArkhamCity.co.uk pointed us to an interesting article over at ComputerAndVideoGames.com. In the article, they quote Sefton Hill from an interview done with the official PlayStation magazine. In their interview, Hill mentions that there are certainly going to be hints at a possible sequel to Batman Arkham City, similar to what we saw only a few months ago inside of Batman Arkham Asylum. The quote was, One of the key lessons we learned while making Arkham Asylum is that we always create a lot of a lot more story than will fit into a single game. He said, Although Arkham Asylum felt like a self-contained story, there are a large number of very deliberate hooks that lead into the second game. I don't believe in holding these ideas back. So, could this possibly mean that Arkham City is going to be coming out and then there is bound to be a third one? Well... Uh, personally, I think if uh, Arkham Asylum was as good as it was and called for a sequel, and they make Arkham City even better, which it is shaping up to be better, I see why n- no reason why not that uh, Batman in video games could have a se- you know a trilogy as well. Uh, yeah, what happens next? Arkham County, Arkham Arkham State. Don't know, uh, but yeah, it's nice to know that uh, they have tons of story to tell. Um, I think that was obvious from Arkham Asylum, and um, it's it's great to see really talented people in charge of these games. And if if Arkham City is as good as the first one, then who says they can't keep on making them? Yeah, I have no problem with them making, you know, more games. I just I just find it's that you know we're already talking about a sequel to a game that has yet to even be released. Um, now maybe all along they've had this plan to release you know, game after game after game, but we don't know that. I just find it interesting that there's already being hints of, of a of a third game. But I have no reason to to not look forward to that. The funny thing is is that when I went to this event for Arkham Asylum shortly before it came out, most of the questions weren't about Arkham Asylum but about is there gonna be a sequel? And that the sequels seem to fascinate people more than the thing that's currently, you know, coming out. I think that tends to be of a curiosity factor for a lot of people because they want to know whether or not the game that we're getting or the movie, for instance, that we're getting is the final one. Is this what? Is this the end? Is this all that, they, that the creators were intending? 
If not, then I think people tend to like find, try to look for more things in the game or in the movie when they're watching the movie. Like when I watch The Dark Knight, I'm constantly thinking of different things that could be tied into the possible sequel for The Dark Knight. Uh, that's just that's just I think that's human nature. I think anybody who watches a lot of movies who knows that there's they're going to make another one because it's already been announced that it's going to be a trilogy or it's already been announced that this is going to be a tentpole project for whatever studio. I think that's just a natural occurrence for us to like try to find things, clues, and try to like solve puzzles about what's what the next project is going to be about before it even happens. Okay, so the last bit of news we have is on October 27th, uh, Sony Online Entertainment revealed the newest character that will be appearing in DC Universe Online, and it will be the Scarecrow. Now, at this point in the game, we're pretty much we've pretty much seen a lot of characters. We we've seen characters that they haven't previously announced are going to be in the game. Scarecrow is one of these characters. We've seen him show up in trailers prior to them releasing this information, but. Uh, the character renders are on the website, so you can see, including a bunch of screenshots with the character as well. Yeah, he's got a bit of a... Uh, he looks a little bit like the animated series Scarecrow, but just a little bit dirtier and rougher and a bit scarier. But um, another pretty good-looking character. I'm enjoying these, um, slowly, these this information about the characters that are in the game slowly coming out. But, uh, yeah, I was expecting the Scarecrow, and he looks pretty good here. All right, so there is no general news. Now we get to the debut of the brand-new segment. Fear. His power. This segment will be called The Dark Knight Rises Rumor Mill. And we're starting this because, as you all know, I have preached numerous times about how I don't like talking about rumors. Well, despite the fact that I don't like talking about rumors, I have been approached by a number of different people, uh, fans of the website, fans of the podcast, saying it doesn't make a difference if you don't like the rumors because they're rumors we still want to know about them we still want to know about the rumors we still want to know what you think about the rumors don't post it as news post it as an opinion so that's exactly what we're doing so the stuff that i'm talking we're going to talk about in this segment is going to be things that are also posted on the website under the dark knight rises rumor mill there's going to be a number of things we're going to hear in the course of the next 18 months leading up to the movie. All of these things that we hear, if it's not official from Warner Brothers, it's if it's not official from out of the mouth of somebody working on the project, then it's considered rumor. So all of the rumors that are reported are going to funnel into this segment that we do on this that we do on this podcast and go into the editorial section. And that's where you'll find these rumors. We know you want to hear about the rumors because it's interesting to hear about the rumors. I'm not going to lie, I like hearing about the rumors too. I just don't like getting the rumors confused with actual news. And because of that, that's why we're making it a completely different segment. It's not even next to movie news so that nobody gets confused. So with that being said, let's get into some of these rumors that we've heard over the past month. Uh, The very first thing we've got is on October 13th, Deadline.com reported that Tom Hardy could be set to be in Batman 3. Um, Now, as we know, Tom Hardy did play a character in Chris Nolan's latest movie, Inception. Does he have the knack to play a villain? Well, he could play a villain. He could play a number of different characters. 
But uh, what do we think about Tom Hardy being in Batman 3? Well, I've been aware of Tom Hardy for a few years. Um, only, I think, this year has, as most people, discovered him through Inception. But um, he's done a few smaller films, uh, British films. Uh, he was in a film called Bronson, which he was excellent in, where he played a um, pretty extreme prisoner. And he was also had a slightly smaller role in one of Guy Ritchie's London gangster films called Rock and Roller, where um, he was fairly good in that too. So I've been aware of him for a few years, and I think it was Bronson that really made me aware of him, and I was quite excited to seeing him in Inception, and I think in Inception, he was excellent as well. So he's certainly a very capable actor, and I think he's one I'm very excited about. Um, doesn't surprise me that he's going to be in Dark Knight Rises, simply because Chris Nolan seems to like working with people he's worked with before. Um, who he will play, though, no idea. Um a lot of people th- assume he's going to be a villain. I don't know about that yet. I think um, he could be anything, but certainly very capable actor. And I think if he was a villain, he could be a really, really menacing one. Yeah, if if he does play a villain, I don't. There's no doubt in my mind that he could play a good villain. I think Bronson is is a strong uh, source to back that statement up. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a very he's a very solid actor. Um, he was, the, he 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 was good in Inception, but he didn't. I don't feel like Inception is a movie that you look to to kind of see how good of an actor Tom Hardy is because I don't feel like his role was was he didn't have too big of a role in that film. Um, again, he could play a villain. He could he could he could he could play a, a a cop or a good guy or a protagonist. It's really unknown. Uh, but under the direction of Nolan, I I think you know. That's it's, it's good news. It's very good news. If it's true. All right. So then the next rumor we've got is this actually comes from superherohype.com. They stated that Batman 3 could possibly be filming as soon as April next year in New Orleans. Now, we know that Warner Brothers obviously was scouting locations in Chicago for Batman 3 over six months ago. And even though New Orleans seems to be the hot spot for filming lately, specifically with Green Lantern and Jonah Hex, because of the tax breaks that Warner Brothers gets by filming there, just doesn't seem to me like this is actually something that's going to happen. No, I'd uh, I'd agree with that. Um, I think a few years ago you had uh, Australia was a pretty popular place to film due to financial incentives, and I think New Orleans has just become that now at the moment. Um, but when you actually think of New Orleans, I, I just don't think it could work very well. Um, with, I mean, a lot of the Batman films uh, are either shot in Chicago or they would use sound stages. Uh, they've used London in Dark Knight in the past. Um, so I don't understand what it what is in New Orleans that is interesting Warner Brothers in filming there, really. Um, you haven't got the locations that you want for Gotham. Um, you might have, I think they have the facilities there to film, but certainly not as as good as you might find in LA or London. So I'm not really sure what the uh, what really want drags them down there. Um, from that aspect, I really don't understand why New Orleans, other than financial incentives, but I just don't think it will work very well. So like Dustin, I would also be very very surprised if it ends up happening. Rumors are rumors. Yeah, just like Dustin and Nick, I, I agree. It doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense why they would decide to shoot the third film in New Orleans. 
especially when you know they've shot a good you know shot in Chicago and then in London uh, it, it just it doesn't make sense um, now if they plan on shooting some you know other scene like they you know in location in New Orleans and that's entirely possible but I don't see that the 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 main the the majority of the production occurring uh, being shot in New Orleans it just doesn't make sense well one of the things that also spinned out of that rumor was well maybe they're going to Louisiana New Orleans because Killer Croc is going to be the villain and of course that's been into well that's obviously who Tom Hardy's playing is going to be Killer Croc um, do I think Chris Nolan could do Killer Croc? Yes, I think he could. Uh, do I think that Killer Croc needs to be in New Orleans in order to work? No. I don't even see how... That just... The idea of Killer Croc needing to be in New Orleans completely just doesn't make any sense. One, Gotham City is not New Orleans. And if they were to go to... If Batman was to go to New Orleans for something, doesn't even matter what, and to come across Killer Croc there. Again, not real sure why that would need to happen. Killer Croc in the comics and everything, the whole point is that that these villains are appearing inside of Gotham City, not New Orleans. So what does New Orleans have to do with anything? And then, the, then people were commenting online, well, it's because of the swamps and this and that. Okay, again, Killer Croc in the swamps doesn't need to happen. Killer Croc is not an actual crocodile that lives in a swamp. He's not some kind of crazy uh, monster who can't leave a swamp. So I think the whole Killer Croc thing and the Tom Hardy as Killer Croc, I think all of that was blown completely out of proportion just because of this one thing that happened with New Orleans becoming a possibility. And honestly, going back to that, I think the New Orleans thing is just something that's being brought up because Warner Brothers has done recently with the other superhero films. Yeah, um, I'm also not even sure I would like Nolan's take on Killer Croc. Or or more importantly, I don't think Killer Croc is someone that Nolan would look at and go, yeah, he he will definitely be, you know, he'll he'll top the Joker as a villain. I I don't think there's enough to Killer Croc. I don't think Nolan would be interested in Killer Croc. And um, it's just a very strange link that someone decided to put together and it hasn't really connected for me. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think Killer Croc's a bit ridiculous. I don't think it will happen. Um, and I, I also, I must say, I, I do hope it doesn't happen. I just don't think Killer Croc would work very well at all. Yeah, the, Nick mentioned it. You know, we have to remember that the third film has to, in a way, be bigger than the Dark Knight, and the villain has to. It doesn't. He doesn't have to be larger than the Joker, but. You know, he's got to be able to somewhat stand toe to toe with with that performance. And Killer Croc to me is just not—he's a—he's a thug. And the whole connection with New Orleans, you know, that—that's just—that's kind of silly. Because as Dustin mentioned, why why does that even matter if Killer Croc is is located in Gotham? Whether they, you know, if they're swamps or not, whatever. That's just a—it's just a really—it's you know. It's a silly connection that somebody decided to make and throw out there for people to debate like we are right now. All right, so moving into the next rumor. The day after The Dark Knight Rises was announced as the title, uh, there was this new little thing that floated out about there. On IMDb, Tom Hardy was listed as Harvey Bullock. So the question is, is Tom Hardy Harvey Bullock? 
Well, at this point, we still don't know that Tom Hardy is actually in Batman or in The Dark Knight Rises. That being said, is it possible that if he was, he could play Harvey Bullock? I think yes, it is possible. If we recall the events that occurred during The Dark Knight, MCU, the major crime unit, was headed by Jim Gordon. Two of the main officers that were part of that team, Ramirez and Wirtz, were shown to be corrupt. Wirtz was murdered by Harvey Dent. Ramirez will be certainly under investigation. Jim Gordon was promoted to commissioner after Commissioner Loeb was killed. And the MCU headquarters were completely destroyed by the Joker. So, needless to say, MCU has seen better days. With the new mission to find and arrest Batman, MCU will need to rise again. Someone will need to run the major crime unit and build a new team. Harvey Bullock has never really taken a liking to Batman in the comics or in any other media, so why not also in film? With MCU needing to be restructured and the new team built, who better than a detective who is always loyal to Gordon? Also, with the new unit needing to be created, this also allows other characters to possibly make their debut as well, such as Renee Montoya, Christmas Allen, Jim Corrigan, Sarah Essen, and Maggie Sawyer. So, I think it's entirely possible that Harvey Bullock could be in the film. And I think Tom Hardy could play Harvey Bullock. And I don't think the stereotypical Harvey Bullock needs to be this fat guy who's a slob. I don't think that needs to be the case. I think you could do a completely different... Uh, you could do a, a completely different characterization of the character and still work. It seems that um, when people considered the Riddler to be the villain in Batman, the Dark, the Dark Knight Rises, um, it seemed that a lot of people thought he was going to try and figure out Batman's identity or work for the police in some sort of capacity. And since now we know that Riddler isn't involved at all in this film, um, I do like the idea of some sort of detective working on that intensely, really pushing Bruce Wayne to try and keep his secret. And um, I think that's a, that could be a really, really interesting role. Gordon trying to stop the detective from doing his jobs, you know, secretly trying to stop the detective and putting him off the right track. So I think that that could be a really interesting role. And um, and Tom Hardy, as we said, is a very capable actor. So I think it could be a good one. Does Harvey Bullock have to look you know, overweight and, and pretty dim? Um, it doesn't have to be. Um, it's how we've generally seen him in most of uh, his incarnations, but we all know Nolan has quite different takes on those sort of things. So I think it's a really interesting interesting idea and one that I never even considered until this rumour came up, but one that I quite like now. Yeah, I'm, if, as as mentioned, if that if this turns out to be true, I think it could it could be very interesting and it, I think it adds, uh, you know, a whole other element to the film that maybe we didn't, we maybe overlooked. Uh, Tom Hardy is completely capable of Harvey Bullock and I don't really have much more to say because it's kind of already been, been said. All right. So that's the end of this segment of the dark Knight rises rumor mill. Make sure you send your comments on the, the Dark Knight Rises rumor mill to us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. Alright, so that's going to take us into our spotlight character, which is none other than Man Bat. (laughs) 
Man Bat. Dr. Robert Kurt Langstrom specialized in bats, studying their behavior and unique abilities. He crafted a serum that he theorized would enhance human hearing to mimic the sonar senses of a bat. Rather than use a test subject, he experimented on himself, since he was already showing signs of losing his natural hearing. Not only did his hearing improve, but Langstrom found his body morphing into a bat shape, literally becoming a man-bat. This was in Detective Comics number 400 from 1970. With his leathery wings, oversized ears, and altered stature, Langstrom was disoriented. He attempted to steal additional chemicals he thought would help him reverse the transformation. The criminal act brought him to Batman's attention, and the two tangled until the Cape Crusader realized what happened. Langstrom had, by then, shifted back to his human form, but the event left his mind somewhat rattled. He soon after transformed again, this time attempting to morph his fiancée, Francine Lee, as well, so that they could sire a new species on Earth. This was in Detective Comics number 402 from August 1970. Batman stopped the plan and again helped restore Langstrom. Despite these events, Francine remained in love with Kirk, and the two married and with his sister Britt in attendance. Detective Comics number 407 from 1971. Langstrom refused to abandon his formula, constantly refining it so he could retain his intelligence while assuming his new form. He continued to have adventures, occasionally working alongside, alongside Batman, and even entered briefly into a partnership with private investigator Jason Bart. Despite all that befell Kirk and Francine Langstrom, they chose to begin a family welcoming a daughter, Rebecca Elizabeth. Sometime later, they had a son, Aaron, although by then the changes to Langstrom's DNA affected the fetus. The baby boy was born resembling a true human-bat hybrid. Even though the transformations occasionally left his mind altered, Langstrom seemed unwilling to abandon his alter ego. Recognizing his instability, he would occasionally seek solitude, such as the time he journeyed to the Mayan ruins. After a lengthy absence, he was sought out by two scientists from Gotham, Fletcher and Simmons. Fletcher had hoped to help Langstrom regain his humanity, while Simmons wanted to kill the man so he could pursue his love for Francine. This is in Showcase 94, f number 11, from 1994. Another time saw the Langstrom family in bat form taking refuge at the Brentwood Academy bell tower until Robin helped. Nightwing sought the restorative formula in Francine's lab, but couldn't find it. They asked Bard for help. This was in Robin, the second series, number 75 through 77 from 2000. Langstrom's fragile emotional state can continue to be buffeted as he transformed between human and man-bat. For a time, he felt he was losing control to the animal side. At one point, he even went berserk and thought he killed his wife and children. This was in Man-Bat, the fourth series, number 1 through 5, 2006. He was wrong, but may have wished to spare Francine further suffering. She was kidnapped by Talia Head and threatened with death if Langstrom did not turn her turn over the formula to her. Talia subsequently created a man-bat army to aid her latest scheme. It failed only due to Batman's intervention. This was in Batman 655 from 2006. In other realities, Kirk and Francine Langstrom have been seen in their bat forms. On one world in particular, they choose to live entirely as human bats. This was a Man Bat the Third Series, number one through three from 1996. In uh, Man Bat's media incarnations, he's appeared in Batman the Animated Series in the episodes On Leather Wings, Tiger Tiger, and Terror in the Sky. He's also appeared in The Batman Show as well. In video games, Man Bat has appeared in the Super Nintendo game 
The Adventures of Batman and Robin, and he's one of the bosses. And in the game, he speaks, which is quite interesting. And Man Bat is also a boss and playable character in Lego Batman as well. All right, so that is Man Bat for you. If you would like to hear any uh, characters spotlighted during this segment, please send your request to podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. Now, let's get into our feature, which, as I said earlier, is going to be a discussion of the series The Batman, along with the positive effects that it could possibly have on future Batman TV shows. The reason why we're going to talk about The Batman is because you can't really talk about Batman Brave and the Bold when you talk about Batman TV series from the past. Now, we talk about Batman the Animated Series all the time, but as we know, it was announced at Comic-Con that James Tucker is currently working on another Batman TV show. This one is supposedly CG, and there's no determined date of when this is going to come out, but... You have to look back at the previous incarnations of Batman on TV. We had Batman the Animated Series with classic voice Kevin Conroy. We had Batman in The Batman, voiced by Reno Romano. And then we have Batman the Brave and the Bold, voiced by Diedrich Bader. Now you put all these together and what do you get? Well, Batman Brave and the Bold, as we talked about earlier, is more of a children's type show it's it's marketed more towards children than it is adults the animated series was marketed for children but at the time was probably actually better suited for adults because of the deep themes that it got into the batman was kind of a medium it was a little bit of kid stuff where it could be marketed very well with the random gadgets that batman had that were created specifically for the show and then in turn were able to be used as toys that could be sold at stores, but then it also had some darker and more adult themes that could still appeal to adults. I think this is the approach that they're going to take with this new Batman TV show, so that's why we're going to talk about the Batman. Well, the um, I think the Batman had some positives and negatives, um, probably a few more negatives and positives, but um, I think one of the things that a lot of people switched the show off for was because of the interpretations of some of the villains, or most of them actually. That seemed to me to be the biggest fault of this show. So I think that's something that they need to make sure they get right in the new program, uh, whatever that is. But um, that seemed to be the biggest problem. And but I've you know as the series went on, um, it got. I think it improved. It really learnt from its mistakes and it improved. But. Um, I think, unfortunately, it had lost a lot of its viewers by then, and they'd, and they'd lost interest, and that was their biggest problem. But, um, yeah, there was definitely some aspects of the Batman that I liked. I thought the animation was excellent. I always quite enjoyed the animation. The fights were good. Um, and I thought it was they were pretty quick to involve Robin and Batgirl. Um, but, yeah, so pretty good show, and there's definitely some good things to learn from it, I think, to take forward into the future. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a, a really well-produced show. Um, I really liked that it kind of... It was kind of this revamping of 
of of Batman in the animated television sense, which which I liked, and it, it had it, one of the great things about it was it had its own very distinct style and way it presented itself, uh, along with the villains, which. Me personally, I liked that they did something drastically different because I thought they were trying to separate themselves from what had come before. Whether that worked or not is kind of up to everyone's opinion. But I do think at the same time, the show – I don't know that the show really ever knew exactly what it was. I think it was trying to be the Batman animated series while trying to kind of be this more lighthearted show. And I just don't ever know that that – that chemistry was, I don't think, ever really captured perfectly. Um, I think it also was hard for fans, too, that the show was missing Kevin Conroy, which, you know, this was kind of the first time that since in the 90s, in well, since the 90s, that anybody had really voiced Batman in a cartoon version other than Kevin Conroy. I think some people had a problem with Reno Romano. Um it it definitely there are things that you can look at that it it tried to it tried to present batman in a new in a new style and you know it's just some of the i think a lot of the characterizations really hurt the show you know the joker was kind of like this jamaican jamaican clown sort of um which was kind of hit hit or miss the thing i did like about the show one of the characters was the penguin for the first time I think ever we really saw the penguin as like a legitimate threat against Batman and what I mean is you know in combat the penguin could somewhat hold his own with Batman at least for a period of time but the the Riddler was really out there um it it just it, it was a lot of hit or misses the show really was overall yeah I think ultimately a lot of the villains was the villains was the biggest problem they interpreted the villains much differently than any past incarnation. I get that they were trying to make their own little stamp on the Batman universe with the different things that they did with the villains, but I just think that a lot of the problems that they had with that show was directly related to their interpretations of certain characters. I didn't like how Batgirl appeared well before Robin. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Batgirl was working with Batman before Robin was even in the picture in that show. But that that aside... I did find the the series to be very enjoyable to a degree from a perspective of it's telling a story that is just a Batman story. You can't in any way, shape, or form compare this to Batman the Animated Series, which I think was the biggest problem. A lot of people compared this to the Animated Series and said, this is not as good as the Animated Series. And because of that, we, we're not going to give it a chance. To tell you the truth, I didn't give it a chance for the first couple seasons it was on, and it wasn't until, I think, season four when I started hearing some things about different Justice League people popping up. I was like, oh, because at that point, all the Paul Dini, Bruce Timm stuff was was off the air. There was nothing on anymore. We had Batman the Animated Series. We had Superman the Animated Series. We had Justice League. We had Batman Beyond. We had Justice League Unlimited. And all that stuff was off the air. The only thing that was on the air for this short amount of time was this show, The Batman. So it was, well, I need to get my DC fix. Let me let me give this show a try. I sat there and I watched all these episodes and thought to myself, you know, I can I can appreciate this. I think overall, I think they did a lot of really good things with the show. I think they 
I think the voice of Batman was pretty good. The problem was he was compared well to, way too much to Kevin Conroy as not being Kevin Conroy. I think he did an amazing job. Yeah, the only thing that I didn't like about the characters was the fact that it seemed like it was too anime style. And when I say that, I mean it looked like it was drawn in Japan, which it probably was because that's the way a lot of stuff is nowadays. But it, the best comparison is there was a TV show running at the same time and is at some on some networks it was actually running right before, right after, called the Jackie Chan Adventures. And the characters looked the same on both shows. They were they were drawn exactly the same, despite the fact that they were uh, they were completely different shows, the completely different tones, completely different areas of the world that they were based in. So that was my only complaint about that. Reno Romano, I think, did a good job, and I think he's extremely underrated because so many people compare him to Kevin Conroy. I think he did a great job, and I think a lot of the characters that did voices, I think. Kevin Michael Richardson did a great job as the Joker. I just think that because he's not Mark Hamill, he didn't really get the recognition. That and the Joker look like a buffoon on the show. Um, but overall, I think there was a, a lot of really good elements that came from that show that I just think a lot of people don't really take in it, into any kind of consideration whatsoever because it they, they try to hold it to the standard of Batman the Animated Series. And the problem is... We can't hold things to the standard of Batman in the animated series forever. The show at this point is over 15 years old. That's just the way it is. Times change and things change. If this new Batman show that's being made by James Tucker is CG, are we going to complain that, oh, well, it's not the animation CG and it doesn't look as good as animated series? Well, there's a distinct difference between hand-drawn animation and CG animation. So how can you even compare the two types of animation together except for what you personally think is better? You can't say that this is more detailed because it's made by a computer and not a person. That's just as stupid. I think, uh, unfortunately, with the Batman, it came down to timing. I don't think there was enough time between the end of the Bruce Timm series and um the start of this one and i think fans was as you say was simply a case of this isn't as good as the stuff i used to watch Uh, i'm not gonna stick with this anymore i think now enough time has passed where everyone goes yeah the animate series was brilliant um but that's been as you say it's gone it's now been quite a bit of time um and I, i think i think fans might have changed their attitudes now and are looking for something new something fresh um, they're going to give it a good a, a chance. Um, the Brave and the Bold, it's great. It's not for them. They want something in a similar tone to what the Batman was, and they're probably a little bit upset the Batman's gone now and we got Brave and the Bold. But um, yeah, so I think it really came down to that that timing issue, and I think enough time has passed, and I think it's a really good time to unleash a new Batman show. I think everyone's hungry for one um, that's in that same for the same audience as the animated series was. Um. Yeah. 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 I think, really, the sh- along with the timing, the the problem with the show is, it it never really hit this really good consistent streak. It started out okay, it got better, and then it seemed to kind of take this dip, and then it eventually, I think, got better towards the end. Um, it just seems like fans really fought it and won it when it was airing. And I think now, as people revisit it, they think, well, you know what? This was 
this was better than we gave it credit for. And and I just want to agree with Dustin when he's talking about you can't compare it to the animated series. I think that the animated series still to this day is, you know, as great as it was, too many people use it as a crutch in a way to, you know, say why something isn't, why some other form of Batman isn't, isn't as good, uh, you know, as great as that show is, it's it's not around anymore, and I think we need to kind of move on from that. We're never going to see that again on TV, so we just have to you know appreciate that for what it is and look forward to more to different incarnations. And that you know, when I heard when they were shooting a C- CG, I was initially I was thinking, oh boy, I don't know, but I th- I think that it's an interesting it's an interesting idea. I think it'll it'll be it'll be something completely new. And I think we need that. I think, you know, Batman and the Brave and the Bold has kind of been hit and miss. It seems to have its episodes, but I think for for the majority, it, it's just kind of average. And I just don't think it does it for a lot of fans. So uh, I think, you know, the show in CG is, is a new direction, and I, I'm definitely interested in that. Right, and it's not like the CG that they're, they're not going to, you know, this isn't going to be cheap. CG animation, I and mean, I'm sure that they'll, you know, Batman is a hot property, so I, I would think that they would, you know, put a lot of time and effort into this. Alright, so with that being said, there's there's plenty of good things that we can take from the Batman TV series that uh, James Tucker can use to his advantage with this new series. I think the biggest problem with the the Batman TV series is that too many people or comparing it to previous incarnations of Batman. When a new series comes out, you can't do that. We learned that with Batman Brave and the Bold. Batman Brave and the Bold is successful in its own way because of what it does. It takes these crazy stories and tells these insane stories that you would never see anywhere but in this TV show because that's the format of the show. We would have never seen The Music Meister, which, as we know, we voted that the best episode of last year. Um, on top of that, you know, we ha- we would have never gotten the Emperor Joker episode. We would have never got... The, the Brave and the Bold does this great job of taking these... Un- making these unique stories and telling them in a way where they can tell something as dark, like the Chill of the Night story, and then they can do something uplifting like the Music Meister episode. They do a good job, but that's their niche. That's what they do. The Batman was a great, great medium between children and adults where both could watch it and appreciate it, and then kids could make their parents go buy a thousand toys that were based on the show because even to this day, you still might be able to find some of those toys depending on where you go. Put that aside, you look back at Batman the Animated Series, and as a kid, I didn't even appreciate that show. Yeah, it was Batman, and yeah, I watched it, but... I didn't appreciate as much as you could now. As an adult, you appreciate that show a lot more because of everything that's going on in the show. So I think there's a lot of things you can do that James Tucker can take from every single one of the animated series. But what we need to learn from the mistake of The Batman is not to compare it to any other Batman TV show. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, in a way, you feel like it didn't really get a fair chance from the start, and uh, it's a bit of a shame. And as we've said, when you look back at it, it's not that bad. Um, it didn't. It deserved. It deserved more credit than it got. Um, but so the big things to learn are: get your villains right, 
that was the biggest problem. Get your villains right. Try and have some sort of overarching stories. That was very popular on the Justice League show, I think. That's why that did so well, because you had stories that lasted for a long time, you know, stretched out over many episodes. And um, make sure the characters are interesting. Um, you know, the, the, the main characters are the Batman and the Batman family and Alfred. Make sure those characters are interesting and we always enjoy spending time with them. Those are the things I think you need to make sure you get absolutely right. And I would agree with all of that. I think, you know, I think the Batman just maybe was a bit, a bit too bold for everybody. Um, and 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 the upcoming show, it I, it needs it needs to, it needs to be its own thing. It needs to have its own identity. It doesn't need to try to be anything that's ever come before it. Um, just just learn from the from the really learn from the other shows' mistakes. And and I I think you know. It could be a, a very good show. You have the characters there. If you if you do the right things with them, you know, we we know it, we know it could be good. All right. So with that being said, that's the end of this feature. And with that, that's actually the end of the episode. So, as always, you can check all the daily news out on the website. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the updates that we have going on on the website. You can send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can also join the forums to chat with other Bat fans. There's always discussions going on about, for instance, there was a discussion about the Batman CG show coming up. Uh, on the forums that people are chatting about right now as we speak. So with that, you can also leave a review on iTunes. That's always appreciated. And that's pretty much it. So this is Dustin. This is Nick. And this is Zach. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. See you in another life, brother. talk about any of these rumors right no we are oh we are the way it's going to work is we're going to introduce a new segment to the podcast now that batman actually batman 3 actually has a name uh-huh which is called the dark knight rises rumor mill oh because uh i i thought well dustin you've always loved talking about rumors haven't you <laughs> no i can't stand talking about rumors so the, the thing is we get more we get more feedback about the rumors than we do anything else. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll just I'll just take Apple's approach. Rumors are rumors, guys. Rumors are rumors. <laughs> and now on to the next rumor. It's a, it's a rumor. It's a rumor. It's, it's just a rumor, guys. I mean, take it for what it is. Rumors are rumors. Exactly. I was tearing up then, but I didn't yeah. ball like I did when Lost ended. Oh, did you cry at the end of the last? Oh my! God. You would have thought my mother died. I was for the last from the time that Jack sees his father till the end oh, of the. Are thing. we recording a comic uh, <laughs> podcast today? Well, yeah. I mean, it's only fourteen minutes into this. I mean, j- 
Josh isn't here, so somebody. This is the uh, this is the new Dustin, Zach, and Nick show where we just talk about random. I think a lot of people would like that show. They probably would. What's the first thing in news? Uh, we're covering everything in the month of October. We start with movie news. Be patient, Zach. Jesus, I just I haven't wanna... done many of these before. <laughs> I think I've only been on one uh, regular cast. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't do uh, that. Just don't call me. A, don't call me a trainee. <laughs> I'll be all right. 